Are the Sooners about to get over on Lincoln Riley? Seems to be trending that direction. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash college. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. And Josh, the big story of the day was the plethora of predictions favoring the Oklahoma Sooners for two-sport star, the number one running back in the 2024 cycle, Taylor Tatum. You know, it's funny because as you were, which, by the way, belated happy anniversary to you and the the lovely Audrey. Uh, happy anniversary to you both. Thank but you. As, as you were out and about uh, celebrating, as you should, your anniversary, one of the things that seemed like it was coming down the, the pipeline from the – champion barbecue was that maybe taylor tatum had come on campus and had figured out you know what usc is going to be the spot for me because across uh, the weekend it was like one after another recruiting predictions were coming down for tatum to usc and then boom you fast forward a little bit and it's totally the opposite now it sounds like oklahoma has some and demarco murray has some serious serious momentum and you know kind of what you hear about this john is Similar to Nesta, it's the it's the ability to be a two-sport guy at Oklahoma that has helped push this over the top. Yeah, and it's and it's not just a couple predictions that are favoring Oklahoma soon, the Oklahoma Sooners. It's like seven predictions right now from two different sites, both from on three and from rivals. And I'll just read them now off for you. Uh, over at Rivals, you got our guys Parker Thune, Brandon Drum over at OU Insider. But you also got Cole Patterson, who's a national recruiting analyst, spends a lot of time in the South Texas area. Uh, you know, was covering the Aggies for a, a big portion of his writing career as well. Uh, Clint Cosgrove, Landon Rossau, uh, Rossau, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, um, all have issued predictions for the Sooners. That's five from the guys over at Rivals. Again, Cole Patterson, to me, that's that's the one that's the most intriguing. You know, Taylor Tatum comes from Longview, Texas. Cole Patterson, big time, you know, recruiting analyst from the Texas area. To me, that one is is the part that, kind of moves the needle the most for me is seeing that one. Uh, and then over at on three, you got Sam Spiegelman and then our guy, Josh McQuistian over at Sooner Scoop. So, you know, yes, there are some OU Oklahoma, you know, analysts, recruiting analysts that are trending this towards the Sooners, but you're also getting the national recruiting analysts as well. And then also people who are very much in tune with what's going on in the Texas high school football ranks, especially as far as recruiting goes. So I, I think it is fascinating to see how quickly it flipped and maybe it was just USC recruiting guys just kind of kind of buying in not too much on, on some of the buzz that was occurring. But yeah, the the possibility of being a two ports two sports star at Oklahoma, a place where they have navigated, you know, the two sport aspect uh, to great success with Kyler Murray, you know, spending time on the diamond, becoming a top 10, you know, overall pick in the major league baseball draft and then becoming the number one overall pick. Um, for the Arizona Cardinals, I think both of those 
I think that really um, sets them apart from some other schools that can also claim that. But it, it's I was looking at Taylor Tatum's picture from his official visit, standing with Skip Johnson in front of the baseball, you know, mural, and Kyler Murray is right there in the background. And I'm like, ah, how fitting is that that uh, Mr. Murray is is the one that you see in the background there? But anytime that you can offer what Oklahoma can offer. And that's again, evidence of being a flexible school that can provide that. And, you know, you get him on campus in 2024 and with what Oklahoma's got at the running pack position, it's not necessarily a guarantee that he sees a big dose of snaps, his freshman or even his sophomore year. Like he probably redshirts his freshman year and then is a rotational guy in his, you know, uh, redshirt freshman year, which would be his second year and may not really see big playing time until his third or fourth season on campus because of what Oklahoma's got in the 2022 cycle uh, with Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk in the 23 class with Dalen Smothers and Caleb Hicks. And then what they're also adding in 2024, which looks like right now as they're trending for Caden Durham and Xavier Robinson. So, you know, Taylor Tatum can be a two sport guy because there's not going to be a ton of pressure for him to get on the field early and contribute early like there might be in some other years with the running back position where you're you're expecting this guy to come in and and be a star right away I mean there wasn't even that expectation for Javante Barnes last year but because of the injuries to Marcus Major um, and and really not much depth elsewhere you kind of had to thrust him into the into the RB2 role pretty early but that's not going to have to be the case for Taylor Tatum. He can come in, he can kind of figure out how to best navigate both football and baseball at the same time while he's still trying to figure it out. Whereas at USC, I mean, I don't really know what their running back depth chart looks like. I'm sure it's going to be really good. Oh, they got the really Brown. I mean, they've got some really high profile runners there as well. So the, the same expectation probably wouldn't be there for him to come on campus and be you know, a star right away. But again, it comes back to Oklahoma has done this. They've navigated it. Skip Johnson is very familiar with how to do this with the, the football staff and make it work for both sides. And, and it is more often than not going to be baseball being more flexible than football just because of you know the rigorous demands uh, of a football program. But again, the depth that Oklahoma has at running back, it creates a, a little bit easier pathway for them to be like, yeah, I don't have to you know, come onto campus my true freshman season and then be a star right away. It's a good point. All of that don't have to be counted upon to to be this heavy workload guy from day one. And in any walk of life, professionally, and you know, if if you know somebody like Tatum, this is probably somebody that's a professional athlete in the future, right? So you're thinking about those things. He's he's a part of that that one percent group that probably going to play professionally and. Maybe a take your pick here, right? So whether it's football, baseball, it's nice professionally to have options. And Oklahoma gives you great options. And, you know, as much as we can and should celebrate both uh, DeMarco Murray and Skip Johnson's recruiting acumen, if this does indeed come to pass where Oklahoma wins that over basically USC here in this recruitment, then, uh, you know, obviously it's huge. It's a huge feather in the cap for both for, for Murray and for Skip Johnson. But I think it's also a feather in the cap for a lot of the items you talked about, which is Oklahoma's flexibility, their history as a two sports school. But honestly, I think something else at play, it's the sec, 
at work for Oklahoma already. If, if I'm somebody like Taylor Tatum and baseball is as important to me as we're led to uh, believe that it is, yeah, I want to play in the SEC. Are you kidding me? This is, uh, this is a great chance for me to enhance my stock in football too, right? So you just see, I think, the, the conference affiliation at work here for Oklahoma potentially too. And at some point that's going to be something that affects the entire sports landscape for Oklahoma because basketball, you'd be hard to argue that the SEC is not one of the better basketball conferences in the country as well. I mean, the big 12 probably takes the cake right now, but the depth that they're going to be having over in the SEC with the additions of Texas and Oklahoma that's pretty significant as well. But yeah, the baseball, the baseball thing, man, you, you see it. I mean, the 2022 college world series champ Ole Miss right now, Florida is kind of giving everybody a run for their money. Tennessee is a great program. LSU. I mean, so many really, really good baseball programs down there in the sec that Taylor Tatum is going to have a chance to compete against. I mean, that doesn't even mention guys, you know, programs like Arkansas and Alabama um, who are generally really, really good programs as well. There's, there's a lot. Uh, for Tatum to compete against and kind of put on quote unquote on tape uh, for major league baseball scouts as well. So, I mean, there's no telling when this commitment can happen. Uh, Parker Thune was talking about how this commitment might delay a little bit just because of all the predictions that came down Uh, might've just wanted to set that back a little, but I mean, it's looking like things are really positive for the Sooners with the number one running back in the 2024 cycle. So we'll continue to monitor this as it transpires. As we get a commitment, we'll talk about it uh, and what it might mean for the Oklahoma Sooners in 2024 and beyond. But coming up next, we're going to talk about some Big 12 win projections from our guy Shayan Jayaraja over at CBS Sports, who broke them down uh, last week, I believe it was. But with everything going on, we just hadn't had a chance to touch on it. And then later in the show, we're going to talk who's got the best Offense in the Big 12, according to our Locked On Big 12 analysts. We'll talk about that. But first, let me talk to you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Yeah, birddogs.com slash Locked On College. You get great fitting shorts that fit well and make you look so, so good. And better yet, they've got that uh, great no sweat, no stench, anti Stink, sweat, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs. They've got the cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way fit, slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Again, birddogs.com slash locked on college. It's that time of the year where you want to look good, but you also want to feel good. If you're from Oklahoma, like we are, you know, the humidity is crazy. And I know we've had a nice June, but it's about to heat up in July. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, get you some great fitting, great looking shorts. And also, you get that free Yeti tumbler with the Bird Dogs logo. Keep your drinks cool during that hot summer in Oklahoma and Texas or wherever you're watching Locked On Sooners. And, hey, make sure you check out the Locked On Sooners uh, NBA draft mock draft show. It's a free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts as well. The Locked On NBA draft mock draft getting you ready for the NBA draft. So, Josh. CBS Sports, Shehan J. Raja covers the Big 12 pretty thoroughly. Uh, has the Oklahoma Sooners at 9-3, and three, which I would say it's a, a reasonable kind of expectation for the Sooners. And if you're looking at the schedule and you're trying to figure out, okay, I, I don't want to make them an undefeated team. Okay, maybe 11-1 and one might be a bit rich. You start kind of looking for losses on the schedule, and it, it can be tricky to do. 
But uh, Shayon, he's got Oklahoma losing to Texas, which I think most people at this stage in the game would probably make that same prediction. Oklahoma will go into that game in the Red River Showdown as an underdog. Also to TCU, which, you know, given the success that they had in 2022 and, you know, still having a very high you know, quality quarterback in Chandler Morris, I could see someone making that argument for the Sooners. It's not the argument I would make as far as a team that could beat Oklahoma. I'm very, I'm not as high on TCU as some others. Uh, and then you're looking at Oklahoma state and we've, we've talked a lot about Oklahoma state uh, so far this off season. And it doesn't seem like they're going to be a team that is going to bounce back from that seven and six record where they, you know, went two and six down the stretch after starting five and oh, it doesn't seem like that uh, for the, is going to be in the cards for the Cowboys, but uh, Oklahoma would place like fourth in the conference, third in the conference, uh, if I remember right. Um, so what do you, what do you make of it, Josh? Well, uh, it would be a bitter pill to swallow for two of the final four games to wind up as losses. That would be, you know, a similar trend to last season where, uh, yeah, I guess you could argue it at times there was progress being made, but really you didn't turn the corner at the end of the year uh, in the win column if you were Oklahoma. So that part I think would be a little bit discouraging. I, I don't see it playing out that way because, again, I think Oklahoma State will be one of the worst teams in this conference. I think they'll be, you know, bottom half of the league unless uh, Alan Bowman proves that he can stay healthy over the course of his season. And even if he even if he does, John, I just worry about everything else for Oklahoma State. Not particularly particularly convinced they're going to be all that great defensively. I worry about the skill weapons. Arlen Bruce is a nice ad from Iowa, but uh, even he doesn't have just this great wealth of production in his past with the Hawkeyes. So, uh, you know, offensively, to me, Oklahoma State's taking a step back, minus Spencer Sanders and, uh, you know, in, in that skill room. So, to me, I, I don't see Oklahoma losing that game in Stillwater, Bedlam, final Bedlam. I know it's going to be crazy for the Bedlam factor uh, on Oklahoma State side with it being the you know the last bedlam game in the foreseeable future there's been a lot of raucous environments in bedlam that in Stillwater that have not worked out Oklahoma State's way so I'm going to err on the side of history's going to land back in the corner of Oklahoma like it typically does in that series and then for me the TCU game I just have a hard time seeing Oklahoma lose its final game regular season game you hope there's one more Big 12 game, a Big 12 championship game in the Big 12. But I just have a really difficult time seeing Oklahoma lose that game, John. Yeah, it's the thing I keep coming back to is they lost a lot of the heart and soul of that offense from a year ago. You know, Max Duggan may not be the the same level of passer that Chandler Morris is, but it was his, it was his heart and the the kind of mental fortitude that he had that really propelled them to wins because they played a lot of close games last year too, but it was his ability with Kendra Miller, Quentin Johnson, John Stinn, excuse me, their ability to kind of rally and kind of keep in the fight and fight for wins late in games. Uh, I kind of described it on Twitter earlier as like he had that dog in him and, I, and no disrespect to Chandler Morris. We just don't know if he's got that in him. Now he had, he had a great performance against, I think it was Baylor, uh, two seasons ago, back in the 2021 season in a relief appearance. But again, he started the season. He was supposed to be the starter, never got his job back because Max Duggan played so well. So we'll see how this all plays out. But again, they lost Kendra Miller, who was fantastic for them last year. I think 
I mean, if it wasn't for Bajan Robinson, Kendrick Miller is the best running back in the Big 12 a year ago. You know, he was really, really, really good, breaking big plays, running tough, you know, getting tough yards as well. And then QJ, man, that that guy was my favorite player to watch in the Big 12 last year just because of his athleticism, his size, what he's able to do after the catch. So that's a lot to lose. Not a, not to mention a guy like Steve Avila, who was their guard that you know went in the top 50 as well. So they lost a lot of talent off that team. But if Sonny Dykes is the coach that everybody thinks he is, then they'll have them playing really, really well offensively yet again. You bring in um, the uh, the Bryles, Kendall Bryles, to coordinate the offense after Garrett Riley leaves. To me, that potentially there's a step back in that. Kendall Bryles is a good offensive coordinator, but is he as good maybe as a Garrett Riley? We'll see. And is Garrett Riley even that good? You know, they had the the great year, but again, it was one of those magical years where everything kind of comes together for you can they kind of replicate that? That's the question. I just don't see them being as explosive as they were offensively and being um, as gritty as they were late in games um, as they were back in 2022. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Uh, in Shehan J. Rogers, kind of uh, over under win projections um, and win totals. He's got Texas at 10 and two, Kansas state at 10 and two, and then he's got the Oklahoma Sooners at nine and three um, tied with Texas tech at nine and three. And then you got UCF eight and four, Oklahoma State eight and four, and Baylor eight and four, and TCU eight and four. So there's going to be a healthy mix of teams that are all right there uh, within two games of the Big 12 uh, title game berth, uh, probably towards the end of the season. I think that's how a lot of people see this playing out is teams one through six, there may not be much that separates them when you get to the end of November. The uh, Oklahoma TCU game is fascinating. Just listening to you there from the standpoint of it's basically, and we'll be, we'll probably know the answer to this question by the time we get to that game, because it's the regular season finale for both on, uh, on that Friday. But it, it's, it's the, is that coaching staff as good as they looked last year bowl? And is the, is that coaching staff as bad as they looked last year bowl? I mean, that it's, that's the Oklahoma TCU game in a nutshell is, is that really who TCU will be going forward? And is that really who Oklahoma will be going forward? And, and probably there's a good chance that Shahan is at least in the neighborhood for both that sort of there, neither one necessarily a 10, 11 win type team that TCU falls back a little bit and Oklahoma rises a little bit. So that's, that's kind of interesting from that standpoint. And then the Texas game, it's just, not surprising to see anybody pick Texas. That's seems to be the, the trendy pick in the uh, big 12 conference and ballots, right. For uh, the big 12 went out today or, or they, they were due, I should say today. So I think Texas is going to be an overwhelming favorite in the big 12 conference. Yeah. And it would not surprise me to see, you know, them at one and then, you know, a team like, Oklahoma right in the mix there as well at, at two or three. Uh, but I think probably what we'll end up seeing is a lot of Oklahoma, Kansas state, or sorry, Texas, Kansas state, Oklahoma, you know, in the TCU. mix right there. TCU probably right, right in there. Since we're talking ballots, I'll go ahead and share mine with y'all here on uh, locked on Sooners. I, I, I submitted this one on behalf of Sooners wire today. Here's what it looks like. Um, sorry for the whack overlay a little bit, but you got Texas, number one, Kansas State, number two, Oklahoma Sooners, number three, 
Texas Tech number four, TCU five, UCF six, Baylor seven, Houston eight. Big Donovan Smith fan. I think he's just got a, a lot of uh, intriguing ability and intangibles that can help the Cougars make a really strong impression their first year in the Big 12. And you got Kansas at nine. My only issue with Kansas is it can't be all Jalen Daniels. Somebody's going to have to help him out. Uh, Cincinnati at 10, Oklahoma State 11. Sorry, Cowboys fans. We're just not buying the Alan Bowman show. Uh, 12, Iowa State, 13, BYU, and then 14, the West Virginia Mountaineers. I like it. I like it. Um, let me look at it here real quick. I, I could see Iowa State maybe a couple of slots higher when it's all said and done. You know me. I was very, very low. I was one of the few people last year that was low on Iowa State, and uh, lo and behold, they were the worst team in the Big 12 Conference. Similar feelings about Oklahoma State this year, OU fans. So just saying, and not saying I'm going to get two years in a row right, but hey, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll get two years in a row right. Kansas, yeah, they'd be sort of middle of the pack for me. And then in some way, shape, or form, the top five right there, Texas, K-State, OU, Tech, TCU. I mean, I feel like that's pretty consensus uh, top five for most. Yeah, and it would be surprising to see Oklahoma in the two spot for me. I know that there's a lot of people projecting them to bounce back and get back to the Big 12 title game, but I'm just not ready to put them there just yet. I think they're going to be good, but I'm kind of in a prove-it mode a little bit. Well, I don't know if I can see them going from six wins to 10, 11 wins this second year of Brent Venables. It's possible. The schedule lies out for them just that way. But again, they're going to have to show me a little bit first. One thing I think we're both pretty comfortable projecting for the Oklahoma Sooners, though, and that's their offense. And a lot of the analysts, show hosts here on the Big 12 side of things on the Locked On Network also believe that Oklahoma's offense is going to be really, really good again in 2023. They were the they were voted the number one offense heading into the season by the Locked On's Big 12 show hosts. That's hosts like ourselves, you know, Locked On Longhorns, Locked On Horn Frogs, Bearcats, Cougars, across the board, uh, Locked On BYU. All the shows that are represented in the Big 12 voted on this. Oklahoma came in at number one, Texas number two, Texas Tech three, Kansas number four, and Kansas State five. Josh, you got any thoughts on this? I'd probably uh, I'd probably have each of the two Kansas schools above Texas Tech for right now, but uh, other and, and probably I'd have Texas in the top slot uh, just because of the the skill folks and because of some questions for OU about hey, show me that Guyton and Rouse and the interior of Oklahoma's offensive line is going to be what we need it to be. But uh, I definitely think OU is one of the best offenses and could finish as the better offense of the two between Texas and and themselves. And if that's the case, then probably uh, Oklahoma, yeah, is, is the best offense in this in this league. We, of course, have talked about it. What, uh, what, does skill, what do the skill guys look like beyond Jalil Farouk? And again and again and again, I, I have said, and I will continue to say, like Drake Stoops, uh, you know, and, and like beyond uh, those two, somebody to emerge. Just don't know who it is yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Oklahoma, the issue for OU is not offense. It's the other side of the football. Yeah, and with all the holes that Oklahoma does have on offense that they're trying to replace, wide receiver two, uh, with Marvin Mims gone, you know, you're, you're replacing your leading rusher in Eric Gray, though a lot of people are really high on Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. I am too. I think they're going to be great this year, and it's going to 
really lead Oklahoma's offense. They want to run the football, and those two guys can run the football. And then you got a Marcus Major returning too. Like I know people are kind of out on Marcus Major and don't want to have a whole lot of expectations for him, but as your third running back, that's a pretty solid third running back uh, on your team. Um, so yeah, there are question marks, especially along the offensive line, but Oklahoma's got a chance. I mean, they've got a chance to be the number one offense in the big 12 this year, but just looking at Texas and what they were able to do last year, they get JT Sanders back at tight end. You got Quinn Ewers in his second year as a starter. I do think that that matters. You know, your kind of first go around the sun as a starting quarterback, you're going to run into some challenges. It's going to happen. Same for any position. I think you, you just don't always hit the ground running without any road bumps along the way. So I'm willing to give Quinn Ewers kind of the benefit of the doubt on that front and expect that he's going to have a, uh, an even better year this year. Like I'm expecting for guys like Danny Stutzman, you know, it was a really good year for him last year. Some things he needed to work on, but I think year two is going to be better for him because last year, his first year as a starter at the collegiate level, now he gets to build on that. I think the same thing is going to be true for Quinn Ewers, but they've got a really, really nice set of wide receivers uh, led by Xavier and uh, sorry, Xavier worthy. Um, that, that And JT Sanders like, that are going to make them a really, really dynamic offense yet again. Uh, for them, it's can they replace some of the pieces they lost on defense? So it's going to be really, really fascinating to watch. But Oklahoma, their their offense is going to be just as good as anybody's in the Big 12. Texas Tech kind of surprised me, man, with the way that they you know, unleashed fury on the Oklahoma Sooners at the end of the 2022 season and just had that incredible offensive output led by Tyler Shuck uh, to win that game. So if they can build on that and they can replicate that kind of production, then they might end up with one of the better offenses in the league this year. Jalen Daniels is going to give Kansas a great opportunity. Will Howard returning is going to give Kansas state a great opportunity to have a great dynamic offense. Although no Deuce Vaughn, uh, no Malik Knowles. I think that does change things a little bit for them, but still it's going to be a very offensive league defenses. You better, you know, better buckle up. You're going to be having to win some games where you give up 25 points, 28 points a game. Sometimes uh, Oklahoma's just got to be better about not allowing 40 points in a game and, and they'll, they'll win more games this year. Yeah. And Kansas state uh, similar to Oklahoma state got an Iowa transfer and Keegan Johnson that, is going to be a good player. If he can stay healthy, he'll be a nice pickup for K-State. He'll fit right in and be a, def a definite difference maker from day one. Treshawn Ward's a, a running back that K-State got out of the transfer portal from Florida State. Tread lightly here. Uh, some some Deuce Vaughn characteristics is what you hear out of the Little Apple. So, again, not, not trying to say that he's going to be Deuce Vaughn by any stretch of the imagination, but I know that Kansas State fans and the staff sounds like they feel like they have a pretty solid running back to, to start. And, I, and again, you know, Will Howard, I think, is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So it starts there for K-State. Yeah, man, we're just, uh, what, it's June 21 that we're recording this. You're probably listening on June 22nd. So that just puts us a little more than uh, two months away from the start of college football season. And when I say it that way, it sounds like forever from now, but it'll fly by and we'll get there before we know it. But be on the lookout for those uh, preseason Big 12 predictions uh, with uh, Big 12 media days coming in a couple weeks as well. So there's going to be a lot to talk about on that front. We'll be on recruit watch as the ball is rolling. The dominoes are falling. More and more predictions are coming in favoring the Sooners. Uh, Xavier Robinson, 
running back in the 2024 class, set his commitment date for June 27th. So that'll be something to watch over the next week as well. But until next time, make sure you follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref. Follow me on Twitter at John nine Williams. The show is at locked on Sooners. You can follow the show and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell over there to let you know when new episodes drop. Be around for the live show next Monday night, 9 p.m. Central time here on YouTube. And again, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. But until then, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll talk to you next time. Boomer Sooner.